Hello, my pioneering and revolutionary friends, and welcome to Rewoke, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Person, and we are on a journey. We are rethinking, re-examining, re-educating ourselves and our children. Many of you know that my journey into wokeness began with my journey as an author. A few years ago, I wrote a book as a gift for my youngest daughter's father, and at the prodding of friends and family, decided to try to get it published. It was on that journey that I became aware of the almost non-existent availability of books with black and brown main characters. I am ashamed to say that I did not think much of it before, and I should have because I am an educator. That knowledge did something to me. And as I reflected on my childhood favorites, Ramona Quimby, The Babysitter's Club, The Sweet Valley High books, I decided that I wanted to create a more diverse space for my children and the children in my classrooms and schools. But I soon found that having the desire to create that space and having the avenues to do so are two completely different things. The publishing industry is still incredibly difficult to break into, and it is very, very white. My guest today is a disruptor of sorts, an African-American woman who has discovered that the traditional publishing route is not necessarily the only way to go and encourages everyone to consider a non-traditional route. It has been said that the power of a diverse book is that it can change everything for one kid and create empathy and a hundred more. So how do we work to make sure we get more books out here that change everything and create empathy? And oh yeah, are you woke? Independently published books are taking the industry by storm. With a 40% increase in sales from 2017 to 2018 alone, this relatively new avenue for publishing does have its pitfalls. Overpriced vanity presses, bilking customers for thousands of dollars for poorly created content is one issue. But it also has its advantages, increasing access to diverse content to the masses and giving opportunities where once there were none. Our guest today is Julia Royston, and she has been on the forefront of this new frontier for over 20 years and is here to share what she has learned. Hey, Julia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. I want to thank you so much for doing this today, and I want to start off by having you tell everybody about your background. How did you get into publishing? Oh my goodness. So um, thank you so much, first off, for having me. Um, I always am excited about um, talking about writing, publishing, promotions, business, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm truly honored and privileged. So first off, I'm Dr. Julia Royston. I own BK Royston Publishing, Royal Media and Publishing, and also Juju Forey Music Publishing, as well as um, the book business bosses, where we help you get your message to the masses, turn your words into wealth and be a book business boss. So publishing really kind of uh, came to me out of tragedy. Um, I was in graduate school and I tell people all the time I was getting a degree and a divorce at the same time. Oh, wow. And um, after all that happened, 1994, graduated, had my uh, degree and was moving forward with my life. 
And fast forward, uh, I started journaling, 95, 96. I always love books now. I'm that kid who, who was uh, told to go to bed, Julianne, turn that light out. And no, turn that flashlight out that you that you got on underneath the covers of reading. So I've always loved to read. My mother read to us every night. My dad was an educator. So, you know, reading books, education has always been a part of our lives. So fast forward to the 90s, I started journaling. It was a healing process. It had nothing to do with my ex-husband. He wasn't included. He, you know, as they say, we weren't given that much energy right, to, right. to him or anything that happened with that. But um, it really was a healing. It was very therapeutic for me. Uh, and I always loved to read. So I wasn't really thinking it was a book. Then fast forward, 2005, meet a new guy. 2006, marry a new guy. And uh, 2007, God said, now you're ready to put the book out. And I said, what book? He said, the notebook you've been writing on. You know, those 80 count uh, spiral Dollar Tree, uh, uh, Dollar General store notebooks. Mm-hmm. All of those you've been packing from city to city. As you move, progressing your career, now you're settled. Now you're married uh, to a good dude who's going to support you in everything you do. Um, so now it's time to put the book out. So when I put the book out first, um, I went with one of the you know vanity presses, mm-hmm. and because I didn't know what I was doing, so therefore I didn't really know. I didn't know what I was doing until the process was over. Right. So after I got my coins paid the several hundred dollars and got the book back, I realized looking through it, I did everything. Mm. Uh, I had my father-in-law who's really very analytical and a great editor. He edited the first one, um, my first book, and was my editor for many, many years. And then um, I did the cover. I did the back. I did everything. The only Mm -hmm. thing they did was put the barcode on it. And they said they put two dots on the front. And, you know, that's barely able to see you know, it just needs to be, uh, what did they call it? It just needs to be, you know, highlighted in some way. But when I looked through that book, uh, uh, page by page by page, I had done everything. Mm-hmm. So I knew then, okay, this is not going to work. So when I released my first book, it was a book of poetry, but I, I sing as well. That's what Juju Bori Music Publishing is. Mm-hmm. So I've written about 35 songs. So I have my own uh, music publishing company too as well. So I released the book the DVD and the CD at the same time. Okay. So that was all recorded at a one woman show. And so that all came out at one time. Of course the DVD and CD came out later, but the book was available at that one woman show. So therefore, um, after that first book was done, I'm like, okay, I need to, um, do my own, uh, have my own platform. Uh, even long before Tyler Perry said it, I said, you know, I, I'm not going to be begging people to have a seat at the table. That's I'm going right. to build my own table, okay? Mm-hmm. So 2008, BK Royston Publishing was born. So as of 2022, it's 14 years old. Okay. So that's kind of the evolution to that. And then, of course, after that, you, you can just forget it. I'm just going to be doing my own thing. I want to be sink or swim, succeed or fail. It's going to be on me. So take me back a little bit to, to your journey, the late, the late nineties, 96, 97, when you're like, you know, what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this guy. I told you it's time for me to write this book. Did you find as you like, when you found your vanity press, 
Um, was that process, uh, did you find that it was difficult, um, even to find a vanity press who was willing to work with you and see your vision? And do you think that had anything to do with, um, you know, your, your being, a, a, an author of color or, you know, where the doors just kind of flung open for you and opportunity abounded? Like how, how did it work for you? Okay. So as far as vanity presses go, they give you the package, they tell you how much it is. And then if it needs to be edited, they tell you what that is. And it's all about, it, it's a pay to play. If you can pay, then you can play. And here's the, there's not all about, not what I do. It's not all about what's your vision? Who do you know? What do you do for a living? It's not that kind of uh, um, uh, interview process. Because after 14 years, authors feel like they're want, figuring out whether they want to work with me. But I'm also trying to figure out whether I want to work with them after 14 years. But back then, the vanity press situation is all about, you know, what services do you want to offer? And this is how much it costs. It was not about my vision. It's not about, and I was in, I, I live in Southern Indiana. So this vanity press is in Indiana. So I said, okay. And, you know, had decent reviews. I guess the, the reviews that I could see, they were allowing to be posted were decent. So as, as a, they were, I, I didn't feel like they were looking at me as black, brown, green, or purple. Gotcha. They, they were looking at me. Green. It's green. And, you know, the color is green. You know, it's it's all about the credit card and can you pay. So then after that, if you wanted marketing and promotions, everything was an add-on. Everything was, a, you know, an additional fee. And if you could pay the fee, it didn't matter whether it was going to work or not. Mm. And it, was, it wasn't a matter of teaching me anything or not. It was a matter of swipe the credit card, put your credit card number in, and let's go. Did you at all um, go down the road of traditional publishing? Did you? No. Exist? No. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, I had heard too many horror stories, even then, about the rejection letters. I mean, you know, you can just do a, a Google search or a YouTube search and see. Uh, I was rejected 25 times. Well, God told me to write it. He told me to put it out. Of course, I didn't, you know, I know differently now, 14 years later than I knew then, uh, than I knew now. but you know, I, I knew way more now than I knew then, but it, it was like, I had a command, so I was doing it. Okay. So I didn't need, I, I wasn't going to say, all right, so God told me to do it. So I'm going to go through 25 people who are going to tell me no. And he said, yes. So I'm a faith-based person. So therefore I'm like, well, you're going to lead me and guide me. If you really are telling me to do it and keep me up late at night and I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm, agonizing about it and I've got the the resources in my in my sphere of influence then I don't I, I really don't need that and even today traditional uh, publishing is really uh it's an avenue for some and the only avenue for some but I'm finding that I have I publish people as an independent publisher that have been traditionally published mm -hmm. I mean the it's wide open and then I know sometimes they say well I just want to be self-published and so I need a la carte services from you, Julia. So it's a it's a wide range of some people are all into the traditional pro, uh, publishing process and it works for them. And then some people are like, well, I'll try my toe in the traditional and I'll do some self-publishing and that'll be that genre. And then I'll need an independent publisher for that piece there. And it just all depends. So I think it's a good time for people that are wanting to um, to write and be published. And it's definitely a great time for black and brown people. So 
talk to actually me a more a little bit more about that. Like, where what do you typically publish with your publishing house? Where who do you know? What types of authors? What types of genres do you typically work with? Well, I work with pretty much everyone. From mm -hmm. um, now, there are some things that I just um, will not touch. Mm -hmm. It's just not a quality manuscript. It's mm -hmm. just not, it doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, it doesn't have uh, an audience. It needs to be refined, but I do have people who are writing coaches and I'm a writing coach as well, but then there are some themes and some thoughts that are even, okay. So BK Royston Publishing is faith-based and family-friendly. That's where the children's books are, devotionals, inspirational, et cetera. And then Royal Media and Publishing is everything else. Mm -hmm. All what I call all our global issues. So the urban fiction, sci-fi, uh, mystery thrillers, you know, where I say sex, drugs, and rock and roll is, you know, but it's got to be a quality, um, it's got to be a quality manuscript, something worth publishing, something that people want to read. Uh, and then there are other things. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I thought, go ahead. So, it, so therefore, you know, I have a genre. Uh, I have a publishing company for uh, your genre. I really do. Um, there's not too many genres that I have not uh, published. And most people, even if they're under the Royal Media and Publishing brand, they're like, do we still get you? I said, yeah, you still get me. So they're, they're cool with that. But I primarily focus right now, there's such a high demand for um, Black and Brown children's books mm -hmm. um, for the diversity, inclusion, equity, uh, initiatives they're just looking for them you know and, and I have to be quite honest some of them are saying I don't know where to look I don't know where they are baby we out there you just <laughs> I think you're looking with your ass closed <laughs> that's, that's young adults and that's children's um, that's the um, middle grades and all of that is really 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 hot right now um, self-help will always um, be the how-to always be hot because people want to live a better life something that's going to help people be better uh, make more money uh, live a better life that's always uh, really going to be uh, hot I do autobiographical uh, books as well um, and and you know I need people to really tie it to a business etc so I, I'm pretty much uh, across the board, fiction, nonfiction, inspirational, children's, etc. Poetry. Do you find that most of your so what percentage of your authors are black or brown? I, mean, I guess my my question is: Do you find that more uh, black and brown authors are finding you than than um, than mainstream authors, or is it a is it a good mix? Oh, it's 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 not. I, I would say probably black and brown is probably ninety seven percent. I have a few that are non black and brown. Uh, authors that I do publish, but the percentage is, is primarily ninety. Some some come just inquiring um, because Royston is uh, a Caucasian name, and then they find out I'm black uh, female, and they're like, "Oh, thank you for your information. Thank you for your time," and then they move along. But some are like, "I'm in it. I mean, you know, I want Julia, and that's it." Why do you think more black and brown authors are coming to the non-traditional um, independent publishing route? Why do you think that they're flocking to, to these different ways to get their, their works out? Well, um, the timeline is much uh, sooner. Right now, the timeline, even for children's books, for traditional publishing could be one to two years. Okay. okay? Even after the manuscript is finished, you know, for, for marketing and promotions. You could wait a year or so. 
So therefore, I mean, what are we waiting for? We could be making money now, you know, and if you already, so say, for example, you have a children's book, it's right here, right hot right now. So why are we waiting unless it's something for a specific time of year? It's associated with a specific season. What are we waiting on? You know, there's just so many opportunities now that why are we waiting? What What is the problem? So uh, to me, it's more of uh, control. You have uh, more uh, control of what. Now, I'm going to advise you. I'm not going to let you just put out anything, mm -hmm. but I'm going to advise you. But it's more of control of this is what I want the character to look like. This is what I want the um, storyline to be. This is what I want the plot to be. And and I can say, yes, that'll sell. No, that won't sell. You need to adjust that. So that's that's a part of what I bring to the table as opposed to a vanity press was like, you know, matter to us. We just we got the green money. We moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you what do you do or what what do you say when people ask you, how do we how can we encourage even more? I know you said like 90, 97, 98 percent of your clientele is black or brown. How, and, and I'm sure. But like you also said, you don't always touch all of those manuscripts because no. not all of them are, are, are ready to go. Um, how do we encourage? And even with your 97, 98 percent um, um, being out there and, and those being your clients, if you look at the stats for books that are published with, um, with by black and brown authors about black and brown characters, they're still abysmal compared to yes. what goes compared to what goes out every year. Um, right. So how do we encourage um, the industry to support more diverse stories? Um, and, and any steps that you've taken to disrupt the status quo? Like what have you done? Um, with your with your co publishing company to try to disrupt the fact that there aren't more stories like this out there. Well, first off, um, I do host uh, writing workshops for adults, um, and I usually charge a very you know uh, fifteen to twenty five or thirty dollars um, for the general public. Um, as a matter of fact, I just did one in Montgomery, Alabama, and um, you know in our community for our people. Um, and then I have gone to the next level of partnering with schools um, to really encourage um, writing um, for it on the elementary, middle and high school level. Mm -hmm. And a little bit differently because, um, you know, like, well, what different is that? We have young authors. We've been doing young authors for a long time. Yes, you have. And yes, schools have. And yes, school districts have. And and they win the blue ribbon and they win awards. And, oh my gosh, you're such a great writer. You wrote that book in fifth grade or in eighth grade or whatever is wonderful. But these schools are actually paying for the book to not only be published, but for the children and their parents to purchase the books at the discounted author rate. And they're able to sell the book and they're able to keep the profits. Mm -hmm. so the profits are not going back to the school. Mm -hmm. The profits are kept with the child. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, I'm encouraging entrepreneurship in addition to writing. So now I have children who, and I think we've done, we're on book six and seven. So we're um, on multiple books with multiple schools. We just need to find other schools that are willing to pay for it and buy into it. But what has happened is the children are able to keep the profits. They have now a, um, a college fund. They now have uh, one parent says, I don't buy school lunches anymore. I don't buy his clothes anymore. He buys his own. 
So as long as he has inventory, he's, he has something to sell. Mm-hmm. And he will have that inventory and something to sell forever. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm alive and as long as he has access to his inventory. So that's a beautiful thing. And one thing that I've really encouraged um, young people to do is to write. And not just, oh, write on your own. And No, when you have an actual product to sell and you're going through the entrepreneur process and you and your parents are standing there, you give a book and then they actually get money that they're able to put in their pocket. Oh uh, yeah. That's that, that puts a whole new spin on the whole, uh, on the whole process itself. So that's encouraging that at a younger age than waiting till you're an adult thinking, I've always wanted to do this since I was a kid. No, yeah. I want to give it to you when you're a kid. I want to get you hungry for, um, creating a product or service that you can have for life and make money on it for life. So writing workshops for adults to help them um, hone their skills and then starting young with our, with our babies to teach them the process, to help them to understand that this is a business that they can get paid for, for it. And, and basically explaining to them that they don't have to wait the traditional route to be able to make money off of this and to be able to create something that is uh, what they call an evergreen, uh, evergreen. A, 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 an evergreen source of income. Uh, I mean, those are, I mean, that is, that is what they do not want you to know. I tell people all the time when, when they ask, why are you independently published? Why did you choose not to go the traditional route? I said, do you remember the episode of um, Behind the Music with TLC where they broke down how a, mu- a, a, a company, an act can sell a million records and be broke? She did a whole breakdown. She was like, this is how. Yeah, she it, did. It is one of my favorite, one of my favorite episodes. She says, this is how a group can sell a million records and still be broke. Everybody get your pencils out. And she breaks yeah. down exactly how in the music industry they take advantage of the artist. Not even necessarily take advantage of the artist, but the way it is set up to where. But it's the same thing in traditional publishing house. Because the same thing is people like, oh, I want the advance. Okay, boo. All right, now let's 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 do like TLC. Let's get the break it down. So if they give you right now advances are unless you're uh, Michelle Obama or somebody big. Right now the advances for uh, a regular person such as me would probably be anywhere from five to seven, maybe mm-hmm. even three to five, seven thousand dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. but if your book only sells two, the rest of that they coming back for exactly. So therefore that recoupment. Oh, I want an engine. I want marketing and promotions. I want somebody. Well, you can market and promote it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, okay, you, your book is on Amazon, but if you sell the book yourself, the profit margins are. And yeah. you don't have to split 60-40 with somebody. Mm-hmm. You can have your own store. You can have your own uh, ability to sell it yourself from your own uh, website or from social media and go for it. So what are you waiting on? So, right. you know, like, so, you know, it's it's that whole uh, entrepreneurial, um, collect and, and keep more of my profits mm-hmm. than, um, having someone else, you know, uh, have my profits. Definitely. Definitely. Now, do you have any tips or suggestions for, um, for any authors out there who are, who are interested in being published? Um, well, first off, I, I kind of go back to, um, three questions that I ask every time I open up a writer's workshop, whether I have it in person or online. Uh, first off, always know who you want to talk to. Who are you wanting to talk to? Because that's going to determine how you're going to write um, and and what direction. Because we can talk about bullying or we can be talking about abuse on an adult level, but also when you're speaking to a child, the vocabulary is different. 
and the approach is different. So knowing who you want to talk to, secondly, what you want to talk about, what's the topic, and then number three is what format. Is it a children's book? Is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Because um, you can always uh, interject those same themes uh, in your, um, in no matter what uh, the format of the book it is. And then the fourth thing that I really am I'm, I'm adding more than anything else is making sure you have a passionate connection to that topic. Mm-hmm. Like you're like you're a student of that. Mm-hmm. It's something that you love, something that you're passionate about. Because when you sell your book, you've got to be able to tell people about it. You've got to be connected to it. And you need to be uh, love it and be passionate about it and be able to tell it and explain it in a clear, concise manner so that people will understand it. And then number five, um, probably the number the number five thing that I would say when writing a book and the book is not started, you haven't finished it, you don't even have an outline, you have nothing, is that it can possibly turn into a business, something associated with what you do. If you're in ministry, you need to have a book specifically associated with the type of ministry you have and who you minister to and what you minister about. If you're in a business, I have a publishing company. We're all about writing, publishing, and promoting your book. I have a signature series that's write that book now, publish that book now, promote that book now. I take it everywhere I go. I don't care if it's for a children's event, adult event, because that is signature associated with my business. Have something that is associated with your business. Now, we can create multiple products, etc., but always make sure that that book that you have can be associated with something else. And then I think finally, make sure that you don't put everything in the book. Make sure that you're able to drive traffic back to you so that people will want more from you, will want to connect with you. And just putting a book out and say, here it is, and and making no connection to it and not driving it. Are you going to be a coach? Are you going to be a mentor? Are you going to provide workshops? Are you going to provide a conference? Is it going to be a telesummit? Is there a webinar associated with it? Are there additional products and services that we can create surrounding that book and surrounding that message that can expand much larger and much further than you can ever think about? So think therefore creating a book. I'm sorry. No. So think, think beyond your book. So like think with, way beyond, think think way, way beyond way your beyond. book and, and make, beyond. and make sure you understand that there are possibilities that you probably haven't even thought about yet when you sit down to write. I think that's Most amazing. Definitely. Yes. How can, how can writers get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Talk with That's my calendar. So know that that calendar is on Eastern time zone, but schedule a free com- consultation a free conversation. Let's have a conversation first. And um, there are two questions. Is it your first book? And do you want to be on my uh, email list? But those are the two questions. And then uh, go ahead and schedule. And then we'll have a conversation and then we'll move forward from there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Julia, so much for talking to us thank about the, the, the publishing industry and how people can get involved in it. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you as well. Thank you again. Hone your craft and think beyond your book. And when you're ready to tell your story, call Julia. Show notes and resources to the things we discussed today are available on our website at www.justlikemepresents.com. Share this podcast with parents and other educators in your circle 
and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, leave us a review. Reviews help others discover our show and begin their own woke journey. Have a great week. And remember, if our children can see it, they can achieve it.